Yo! Another wild one for your Chicago Bears. Welcome into the House of L podcast. I'm L. Thanks for listening. This this game was insane, and there's so much for us to talk about. Oh, man. There's so much for us to discuss in this whole thing. I want to get right to it. The Bears come back and win 30-26 to is the final down in Atlanta. And if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, why are you still an Atlanta Falcons fan? <laughs> I, uh, I love Bomani Jones's podcast and he was talking about, he was talking, you know, like, uh, Ike Turner saying, I got off that narcotic Anna. And he was saying that Falcons fans need to get off the narcotic. That is, the Atlanta Falcons. I don't. I'm, Arthur Blank already was out here talking about how bad they played in the second half of that game against Dallas last week. I can't imagine that he's very pleased at the time of this taping. And I wouldn't. Dan Quinn probably should have been fired at the midway point last year. So I, I don't know how anyone sticks around. Maybe they'll give Raheem the job, but. He kind of screwed that up with the way the defense played against Nick Foles at the end. So who knows how this is going to go. But you know what? This is not a Falcons post-game show podcast. We're going to talk about the Bears and what happened. There's huge news. The, the, the news is, is that Nick Foles was inserted into the game because Mitch Trubisky was ineffective in the game. There were plays that were out there for him to make. I really did like, and if you listen to my pregame pod, and I do that on Loho Daily for the score. I was talking about there were opportunities for Mitch to use his legs as a weapon. He did it on one play and he didn't do it enough. And then when it came time for them to play more zone and he, he was completely confused by it. They were bringing pressure and they were playing some zone. Two things that give him issues. And we saw the worst of Mitchell Trubisky in those moments, and they made a change. I give Matt Nagy a lot of credit for making the change. It's it's not easy for him, and you will hear that. Like I'm going to let you hear some of what Matt Nagy had to say in the post game about that coming up in a couple of minutes. I just want to kind of get through my preamble here and and let you know how I feel about it. I think that what would be fair for all of us to do with Nick Foles is to give him a week to prepare as this team's starter, give him the reps in practice, give him a defense that is game-planned for him, and then make some assessments off of that. But you can't argue with the fact that the guy came in and the moment wasn't too big for him. There were a couple of throws that a better defense picks off and probably ends the game we'll probably forget about all of those things considering that the Bears came back in one and have made themselves now 3-0. and By the way, this podcast is brought to you by the fine folks over at Mazda of Orland Park. If you want a unique car buying experience, you need to go check them out. Ask for Eric. Be like, hey, Lawrence sent me here because I listened to the podcast. I want a CX-3. ZoomZoomNation.com if you want to check it out. And... David Hockberg and Team Hockberg, they also sponsor this podcast, and we thank them for that. We love that David is on board. 
He has been uh, a, a real good sounding board. He has helped me refinance my home and get funding for the home that I'm in right now. If you would like to get that type of uh, help, then you need to hit him up. 855-56-DAVID, 56david.com, Homeside Financials, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. There were some things to not like about the Bears game, even though they won. And that's the most important part. I say it on this podcast all the time. Winning buys you time to figure things out. These are the things that get figured out when you win. Okay, the offense hasn't been good. Well, let's look at why the offense hasn't been good. Is it the quarterback? Is that the reason? Well, now they get to experiment with that. They get to experiment and say, what does this offense look like when Nick Foles is in charge of the offense? The one thing that's in the favor of Mitchell Trubisky, not that I I see them going back to him unless it's it's a disaster or Foles gets injured at this point. I think they've given him ample opportunity to prove that he's the guy and he's not the guy. This is not the right opportunity for Mitchell Trubisky. But let's see what happens with Foles. Let's see. Now they have the time. They have a 3-0 and start. Granted, the last time that the Bears started off 3-0, and they finished 8-8. and But here's hoping that the same thing doesn't happen to this group of Bears. Hearing Negi talk about him thinking that this team is special because of what they've done in fourth quarters, because that they have taken on the challenge and they haven't given up. There's something to be said for that. Matt Nagy has some deficits as a a coach. But one of the main things why I think that he will be successful, even if it's not necessarily with the Bears, his players don't give up on him. They don't. You've now seen it in not just games, but in seasons. They didn't give up on him last season. They still played hard throughout that season. And I think for some of the younger guys, or some of the older guys, I think that they now also see, all right, he gave Mitchell Trubisky every chance to prove that the Bears were right in making those trades to draft him and all the work that he put in, all of those good things. He gave him every opportunity, and then when he saw that it was detrimental to the rest of us to have Mitch playing, he made the move. Those are the types of things that win over locker rooms. And he already had the respect in that locker room. And now he's got a little bit more. So I think that it's, it's one of the, the real uh, successes of what Matt Nagy is as a head coach, is his ability to hold on to a locker room and show a lot of trust and, and, and gratitude into them. So you're probably wondering, like, okay, what went into this? Why did the Bears make this move? Why did Matt Nagy make this move to go to Nick Foles? Well, I'm going to let you hear from the man himself. This was just a few minutes ago as I'm recording. I jumped out of the Zoom to record the podcast. Here's Matt Nagy talking about in a line of questions about what happened and why he decided to make the change. I think really when, when 
when I knew it was uh, was the interception there on third down. We were struggling on third down a lot. We weren't producing points in the red zone. And, it, you know, I just think that sometimes there's a gut feeling as to when to do it. And that, that just that seemed like the right time. And um, it's never it's never fun. You know, we you guys understand these relationships that we build with these, these guys, these players. There's 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 strong relationships and it's not easy, but it, it's um, you know, there's there's personal relationships and past relationships. And that that's just where we're at at that time. Matt, you say you knew after that interception, but was this something you had talked about with your coaching staff, with the quarterbacks at halftime that this might be might be happening? We discussed it. You know, I just think that there was a little bit of there just there was we were lacking a little bit of a rhythm. There wasn't a lot of uh, energy. There was just something missing a little bit. And again, I always say, you know, it's uh, it, it when you're when you're playing quarterback, there's only one of them. And when no matter what, usually uh, when things are going really well, you get all the credit when you probably shouldn't. And, and when things are, are not going well, you get all the blame when you probably shouldn't. But at the same point in time, that comes with the job. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we discussed it, but we wanted to be able to go out and just kind of get a feel for where, how things would go. And then really when that interception occurred, I think you just kind of felt like, okay, we got we to gotta, uh, make a move here. Hey, Matt, um, so what happens now? I mean, Nick obviously has this great come-from-behind win. It, it would seem like – it would be hard to go back to Mitch next week. Have you decided what the next couple of days are going to be like for you as far as who plays going forward? Right. Yeah, we, we haven't yet, Jeff. I think that's what, what we'll do is we'll go back and um, just kind of enjoy this one right now. And then we'll, we'll talk through where we're at and what we think is the best decision moving forward. We're not, we're not, honestly, we're not, we're not there right now, but I think that, uh, you know, there's something here that, that we just got to discuss and, and again, just just go through and talk through the, the situation and understand that there's, uh, um, you know, there's these feelings that these kids are going through right now. And, and I think we just want to enjoy the win tonight. Matt, can you can you just walk us through sort of how quick and and uh, the details of your discussions with Nick's when, when you have to make that change really quick and get him ready to get on the field and and know what you're looking for in that situation? You're saying about some of the plate, like the plays and no, stuff? Just, just getting face to face with Nick, letting him know he's going in and just really quickly oh, on the fly, yeah. let, letting him know what's going on. Yeah. The process. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, we just went over to, uh, to Mitch and told him that uh, really simply put that we're going to go with Nick. There wasn't a lot of talk or anything like that. It's just what it was. And then um, told, told Nick that we're going to go with, with him. And then what you got to do is you got to start looking at your play call sheet and just kind of get the feel for, uh, where you're at play-wise. I mean, again, unlike training camp, he's not getting any of these reps in, in the week of practice. So uh, you want to go ahead and get a feel for where he's at, and that's what we did. Matt, I feel like we've been having some version of this discussion ever since you guys traded for polls. How do you explain what he does? How do you explain that a month ago he lost out on the starting job and then today he does that in the fourth quarter? Yeah, well, I would say that with Nick, um, he kind of has a history in these big moments of, of making things happen. For me, you guys got to go back and realize I, I never I know you know this, but I, I've never called plays with him as the uh, as the quarterback. I've always been on staff with him, but I've never called plays. So there's a little bit of trying to figure out the communication in the headset of what you like, what you don't like. Just the simplicities of how you call plays Is it formation first. Is it play second? Is it play first and formation second? little things like that. But there was just a calm out there that I really felt by him. And, um, you know, that you become a little bit one dimensional and there's some plays that he did in those last couple of drives 
where he got us in a good situation and he made a lot of plays happen based off of his experience. And that's good to have when, when you have that, that's good. Nick Foles takes over as play caller. Matt Nagy won't commit to starting Foles next week. As you heard in there, there's no way there's, I am not a betting man unless I'm in Las Vegas. There's no way that Mitchell Trubisky starts. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Next week, unless Nick Foles is injured. Between now and next week, there's no way that Nick isn't going to be installed as the starter tomorrow for this Bears team. And I'd be shocked if... Negi didn't say that at his press conference tomorrow afternoon that they're going to go with Foles and they're going to see what he's all about and they're going to get ready. I can't there's I can't see it at all. Foles right now, this is what they wanted to take a look at. They wanted to see if if they're what Matt Negi is trying to figure out is is his offense broken or was the quarterback broken? Was that the broken part? And now that you put in a better-than-replacement level quarterback, does your offense work? And there were moments when the Bears' offense, even with Mitch in there, worked. And it looks like I got to give Ryan Pace credit. And you know I hate doing that. It looks like the Jimmy Graham move was good. In the red zone, he has been a weapon. And they have used him, and he's got three touchdowns. I think he has more touchdowns by himself than Bears tight ends had all last season. That's insane that they did that. So now it'll be it'll be Nick Foles' opportunity to make something happen. Super bad news from this game is that Tariq Cohen tore his ACL. If I'm Allen Robinson, I'm terrified. I've seen this happen to me, and now I've seen it happen to a teammate. Luckily, Tariq got his money a week before he tore his ACL. And I'm sure Allen Robinson is like, yo, man, I'm trying to get paid out here. Someone help me. Help me get paid. He had a touchdown taken away from him again this week. That wasn't great. I don't know if I'm going to blame him. It's a weird angle. But, you know, wide receivers, if you talk to them, they say, look, give me a chance to make a play. Put the ball in my hands. Give me a chance to make a play. In the last two weeks, whether it was Mitch or Foles, they've given him a chance to make plays, and the DB has won those battles at the point of attack. And that's too bad. But I appreciate that he didn't give up. He kept working. And that 37-yard touchdown that he had, I mean, that was a big deal. He finishes the game with 10 catches on 13 targets, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Jimmy Graham had two touchdowns in this game. Anthony Miller, I swear, I was joking with uh, with Anthony Heron about this earlier in the week. I feel like if that guy could be consistent, he could be great. Not good, great. 
But the consistency is the hardest part. It's the hardest part for a lot of people in a lot of different disciplines, myself included. But if he could ever find it, you see what happens when he's in in man coverage. Like he's a a man coverage beater. And I like that. I like that a lot. He's He's got some swag. He's fearless. Like, there's a lot of things about him. I, I, his hands need to be a little bit better. But, again, consistency. If he could get consistent, he could be a great receiver. Maybe we'll see if, if working with Nick Foles is going to click that on for Anthony Miller. The Bears tried to run the ball early on in the game, and they had some success. I mean, overall, they ran the ball well yet again. They were able to do that. They were able to run the ball for over 130 yards. They do split it up quite a bit. You had Patterson with four carries in this game. Tariq had two carries. Mitch had a 45-yard run. David Montgomery had 45 yards on 14 carries. So they, they got some rushing yards. I was surprised to see Atlanta run the ball as well as they did in this game. They had 144 yards on the ground. They had 100 yards on the ground before, like two minutes into the third quarter, they had 100 yards on the ground. Those are things that the Bears defense, I'm sure, is going to be upset about. But they they steeled themselves, and they came back, and they – I can't even tell you how good – I'm so looking forward to going back and watching this game because – I thought Khalil Mack played one of his best games as a Bear. I know that sounds stupid because he's been so great. He was held on almost every play today. And he didn't complain. He got a half a sack. He had some pressures. He was in Matt Ryan's face. Even with that, Akeem Hicks was amazing in this game. That sack that he had where he's engaged with the offensive lineman and then spread his arms out like he was a giant bear. And then just was like, I'll tackle both of you. And he ends up getting a sack. He had a sack and a half, had four tackles on the game. Eddie Jackson, I thought, had a rough game. The Falcons were beating him up with play action, and he was falling for it. You have that big play to Calvin Ridley. Like The two plays that got them their first touchdown were off of play action in both times. Eddie Jackson bit. You know what's really crazy? Go back and watch. There were at least, I counted three times where Matt Ryan play faked and no one was there. I don't know if he reversed out wrong or if the back wasn't in the right place, but there were times he was making fakes and there was no one there to help complete the fake. It was bizarre. It was bizar- as really bizarre. Not as bizarre as them continuing to lose games in the fourth quarter, which I'm sure has every Atlanta Falcons fan completely frustrated. There is one real negative that we need to talk about on the defense, and that's what's going on with Danny Trevathan. This morning, I went to go get donuts. Shout out to D-Ride Donuts. I love that place. I went to go get donuts. I was like, I'm going to treat myself today and get myself a donut. I'm... Riding back home, back to my my studio in the basement, I'm listening to Olin 
and Pat Manley and Hub on the Scores pregame show. And not that I'm surprised that Olin would be blunt because Olin is blunt. But he was talking about, you know, he thought that that Kyle Long should retire five games into the season. And two games into the season, he's starting to have those same questions about Danny Trevathan. And I can't blame him. We're all sitting there going, what's happened to this guy? Because he's he's one of the, the more steady defensive players that the Bears have had over the last few years. And it just looks like he is not all there physically. Obviously, he has the thing that's going on with his arm. But it's been shocking to see what's happened to his legs in in the span of a couple of games. He doesn't look like the player that we saw. They they put Deion Bush out there. Here's where you know you're in trouble as a player. The game was on the line. And they were like, nope, we want Deion Bush out there. We'll play a dime package. We'll go 4-1-6. And we'll play with six DBs instead of having Danny Trevathan out there. That's troubling the other troubling thing is what I was talking about with the run game they seemed committed to running the ball up the middle like getting their lineman or even their fullback like up on the middle linebackers and the Bears couldn't really do anything to stop it it was uh it was troubling to see how many big plays were made up the middle right at Trevathan and Roquan. Roquan finished the game with six tackles. I thought that he he rallied. I thought that he played pretty well in the second half. Like It's one of those things where I'm looking forward to watching it again because of some stuff like that. But I feel terrible for Danny Trevathan out there watching him because it doesn't look like He's the same guy. Let me ask you this question. When it looked like the Bears were going to have to kick to tie the game up, were you worried? Were you worried about Cairo Santos? I don't know that even if Eddie comes back next week and he's eligible to come back next week, if people are going to stop being worried about that. But I guess that's kind of the life of of NFL fans and NFL kickers all the way around, right? That's a thing. So now the Bears get ready for the Colts. The Colts are the only team so far that the Bears are going to play that have won a game. Lions are trash. The Giants are terrible. And the Falcons are comically bad. Next week, though, the Bears will be back at Soldier Field. And it starts like that crazy quick turnaround thing for them. They've got the Colts on Sunday, and then they play the next Thursday. So that's a quick turnaround for them. And then, of course, you get the extra time and the bye, and then you're ready to play against the Panthers in week six. So there's a lot to to do, and there's going to be a lot that's expected of Nick Foles over the next week and a half to see where he's at. And I guess that if you were going to make a change, this is probably the best time to do it if you feel like you still have an opportunity to win games and make the playoffs. And right now, Bears are in first place. I'm looking forward to watching Sunday Night Football too. 
I want to see Green Bay. I want to watch a full game of Green Bay. A full game and see what they are all about. So there it is. Thanks to our sponsors yet again. Mazda of Orland Park, ZoomZoomNation.com. Go buy a car from them, for real, for real. And Team Hockberg, 56david.com or 855-56-DAVID if you want to call them. Call them be like, Lauren says you, I should call you. So I'm calling you, David, and I'm asking you about home loans and whatnot. You can't say that the Bears aren't interesting because they are interesting as hell. And they're undefeated, which buys you all the time in the world. So rejoice. You've got an undefeated football team. None of us knows how good they are, but that doesn't matter because their record says that they're 3-0. Have a wonderful rest of your day, whenever it is that you are listening to this. I'll be on the score all week from noon to 2 talking about the Bears, the Cubs, the White Sox. Go back and listen to some previous episodes of House of L2. We got the review of NBA 2K21 that is just magnificent. I got some other stuff for you coming later on this week, including the baseball podcast. Talk to you next time. Peace.